I'm Clara Johansson, and this is Blind Spot. Hello, everyone. I am Clara Johansson, your resident blind girl, and this is Blind Spot, the podcast where I discuss things that are second nature to blind people but might seem weird to sighted people. In this episode, we are going to be discussing blind people's quote unquote superpowers. And the things I will be going over today are memorization skills, auditory learning, musical skill listening to things at a very fast speed, and for the final event of today, my personal way that I analyze people's voices. So if you'd like to stay tuned for any of those, please stick around and listen to the rest of the podcast. Let's get into it. One of the most common things that gets thought of about blind people is that they have amazing memory. And though it may seem like I am leading up to a misconception lecture here, this is actually pretty true. A lot of blind people have pretty amazing memories because that is how we rely on finding things in our houses and how we learn a lot of the time. I have always been told by my parents and my friends that my memory is really pretty good. I can recall random information at the drop of a hat, pretty much, not to brag. (laughs) But I also have found this to be very useful in settings like school, where I can listen to a lecture and pretty much remember the main crux of the lecture after it's over. This is very useful to me because a lot of the times I don't have that visual indicator of reading what's on the whiteboard to refresh my memory or anything like that. So I have had to learn to adapt and improvise. And over that amount of time, I have learned to develop my memory skills. This also transitions into things like music, which we will be covering later in this episode. But a lot of the ways that I learn to play songs on the piano is by memorization because even though I know how to read sheet music, I physically can't sight read. So I have learned to develop my memory in terms of musical knowledge as well as in academic settings and even just in regular life and social settings. The reason that I would consider this a superpower, quote unquote superpower, is because when sighted people think about it, they actually use vision to recall information a lot more than they think. Think about it. If you are looking for something in your house, you are going to be doing just that. You're gonna be looking, using your eyes to visually scan the room to try and find the object that you're looking for. But if blind people misplace an item, they are going to be feeling the room by touch. And that takes a lot longer because you can scan a room visually in pretty much less than a second. But for blind people, we have to feel all of the surfaces in the room and that takes forever. So it's easier just to memorize where we put things in our house than to have to feel every single surface until we find what we're looking for. And as well, blind people also memorize information because it's hard for us to go back and reread that information again. 
and sighted people have the luxury of being able to pull out a book and find that piece of information they're looking for or just typing it into Google on their phone or looking up at a whiteboard if they're in a classroom setting. But for blind people, just a simple Google search takes a lot more effort than it takes a sighted person because we have to use screen readers. Again, will be covered later in this episode. But it's so much more effort than it is for sighted people. So it's easier for us just to train our brains to be more memorization focused instead of visually focused. The next superpower that I would like to talk about that kind of goes hand in hand with our memorization skills actually is our ability to auditorily learn. And this is actually kind of challenging at some points if teachers or professors don't actually speak as much as they show visual imagery up on the document camera or the whiteboard or whatever they're using. This makes it a little bit more challenging for blind people who are primarily auditory learners. One of the things that I have found is that equity in an academic setting is often overlooked. We often think of schools as being a setting for equality. And while that is great and it's a step up from complete inequality, there's also a level that needs to be addressed of actual equity, which is that every student gets what they individually need to succeed. And in a public school setting, yes, this can be difficult, but it also can be easy if it's addressed in the right way. How I have often gone about it with my teachers and professors is going up to them before school even starts and saying the accommodations that I need where I would usually have them speak whatever they are writing on the whiteboard or the document camera and or describe whatever is up there if it is an image or a video or something kind of similar. And while, yes, this is not just a problem for blind people, it is oftentimes not thought of in the teacher's mind to do this. And even some people who aren't fully legally blind might have trouble seeing the whiteboard or the document camera. And I think that this is just a simple step towards that level of equity. And it would be very helpful, not just for the legally blind, but also just for everyone else in the classroom. It's not that hard to make that simple change to help a lot of people. One thing that is very common for teachers to do in any kind of school setting is to send out surveys about the ways that their students learn best. And though a lot of people, oftentimes the majority of people, say that they are visual and hands-on learners, I have always said that I learn best through lectures and instruction because I learn best by hearing somebody else talk because I don't have the vision capabilities to actually get a lot out of the visual instruction and the hands-on instruction. An example of this is one of my all-time favorite and I'm sure everyone's all-time favorite middle school science experiments, the frog dissection. I was partnered with a completely sighted person, and unfortunately for him, I had to make him do all of the dissecting because 
if I was in charge of that, I would have massively screwed it up. I would have cut the wrong thing. I would have made a wrong incision. And the entire science experiment would have gone down the drain because the minute details that are required for that experiment for you to see is just beyond my capabilities. So I had to make him do all of the actual physical work of that while I wrote down what he was describing that he saw. And that was my contribution to the project. When he described what he saw, I wrote everything down and we split up the work fairly evenly. He might beg to differ because he had to cut up a frog, but I did a lot of the note taking and that was my contribution to the project. And he was fairly good at describing the things too that he was seeing, so that helped me as well. And that goes back to that step of equity in a learning environment. Why this might seem really cool or interesting to sighted people who are more visual or hands-on learners is that they don't retain a lot of that information that they hear, wherein that goes back to the memorization skills that I was talking about before, that we actually have very good memories. So we are able to retain the information that we hear a lot better than somebody who is not trained to do that. And that is why auditory learning for blind people is very helpful. The next superpower that I'd like to go over is even kind of niche for the blind community, and that is blind people who are musicians. We tend to have either relative or perfect pitch. Now, for those of you who aren't at all musically inclined, going over the definitions of relative and perfect pitch real quick. Relative pitch is that you can sit down with your instruments and within a few minutes of hearing something, you are able to, say, pick around on a guitar or press a few keys on the piano and eventually find the right note that you are hearing just by listening to it. And perfect pitch is basically the perfection of that craft to be you hear something and instantly know what you're hearing. You can listen to something and 10 seconds later be able to play the entire song just because you heard it. And for a lot of blind people, this is a skill we develop early on in learning an instrument because, again, even if you're visually impaired and can learn how to read sheet music, you still can't physically sight read. And that puts a hindrance on a lot of learning of instruments. So instead of doing that, again, we adapt and improvise and learn how to hear it instead. And perfect pitch and relative pitch are essentially our version of sight reading. And while People are sometimes in awe of people who have perfect pitch. Sight reading is also kind of a superpower. So if you can sight read, you worked very hard to get to that point and you deserve a pat on the back. But for blind and visually impaired people, specifically blind and visually impaired musicians, they learn how to listen to songs. And me personally, I have developed relative pitch. I am not to the perfection of the craft by any means, but I have learned to sit down at a piano and pick around a little bit and eventually find the right notes that I'm looking for. And 
a lot of my blind friends who are musicians have actually learned to develop this skill as well, either relative or perfect pitch. And for sighted people who aren't very musically inclined, they are very used to seeing people playing piano or guitar with sheet music in front of them. And when they have no sheet music in front of them and they also happen to be blind, it's kind of surreal to see it. And while I often brush this off as just my way of learning, I often forget that it's a special skill and not many people can actually develop this skill. So everyone who has even slightly relative pitch, you also deserve a pat on the back because that is an impressive skill and it takes a very long time to master. My piano teacher was very accepting of this and very early on she recognized that sight reading was not going to work for me and I needed a better way to learn how to play piano. So she was very accommodating of my specific learning needs and helped me develop my ear to where I could listen to something and get the song down by using relative pitch. And if you are somebody who is blind or visually impaired and you want to learn an instrument, Find a teacher like that that is going to be accommodating of how you need to learn. Now, there is also something called Braille music, which if you aren't developed in your ear yet and you are blind or visually impaired and want to learn an instrument, you have that option. But again, that is also going to take a lot of time to learn. Think about how long it took you to learn just the code of Braille and tack on Braille music and it's essentially the same amount of effort to put into that as training your ear for relative pitch. So choose your path, but if you want to learn an instrument, nothing should be stopping you. Go and learn that instrument because it's so much fun and you also get to make sighted people in awe of your talent. So that is the musical inclination of a lot of blind people, and I hope that that has helped you understand why we often don't use sheet music when we are playing instruments. The next superpower that I will be discussing is being able to listen to things at an extremely fast speed. Now, for those of you who are confused by this, I'm going to put it in terms of things hopefully you will understand. As you are listening to this podcast, I can assume you listen to other podcasts and know that you can actually listen to them or even YouTube videos at 1.5 or 2 times speed. Blind people do this, but just on a daily basis, because a lot of blind people, again, not all blind people, but a lot of blind people use something called a screen reader, which essentially is like voiceover on an iPhone or talk back on an Android. And it reads out what is showing on your screen or what your finger is scrolling over on your phone, your iPad, your computer, what have you. And Blind people often turn up the speed that that voice reads everything back to a very high level. And when I asked a lot of blind people who use screen readers, I personally don't, but when I asked my friends who did, a lot of them said it was just because they don't want people hearing what they're doing on their phones. 
think about it. If you're using your phone and somebody peers over your shoulder and looks at what you're doing on your phone, you're probably going to instinctively hide your screen because it's a private device and you want to keep that privacy for yourself. For a lot of blind people who use screen readers, they need to use audio to read their phones. So in order to maintain that level of privacy, they turn the screen reader up to a very fast talkback rate. This has conditioned their brains to be able to listen to things at extremely fast speeds. So if you hear a blind person using a screen reader and it's talking at probably a two times, three times podcast level speed, then they are understanding pretty much everything that that thing is saying. And that is a superpower in its own right. For a lot of blind people, this is their normal. So they think absolutely nothing of it. But for sighted people, they hear that screen reader going off and they can't understand a word of it. But for the blind person, that's how their brain is trained. And it's a really cool skill. And if you are a blind person who is able to listen to a screen reader at a very fast speed, you have a special kind of talent. Last but certainly, I hope at least, not least, is my personal system for analyzing voices. Now, I want to clarify that this is in no way a professional analysis, and there is probably a lot better terms for what I am about to say in actual linguistic fields, but I am not a professional. And this, again, is my personal view on how I analyze voices. And some blind people may not even do this. Some blind people might have a different way that they do this. I am one blind girl, and there are millions of blind people in the world, and I cannot speak for them. But I thought that when I shared this with a few of my friends and family members, that they thought it was very interesting. So I figured why not share it on the podcast because it kind of goes hand in hand with blind people's superpowers because I broke some people's brains with it and I wanted to maybe break your brain with it too. So let's get into it. A little bit of backstory, and I talked about this in my last podcast episode that is up. And if you would like to listen to it, please go do that. That would mean a lot to me. But in case you haven't listened to it yet, blind people latch onto voices a lot more than they latch onto faces. Some blind people can't even see faces, so voices are their versions of faces. That is uh, more times than not how blind people will recognize people when they come up to them. And that's why it might take a blind person longer to get to know you and know you by your name is because we need to learn your voice instead of learning your face. I have a fairly unique system for how I analyze voices, and it makes perfect sense in my brain. It may not make perfect sense in your brain, but I hope that this gives you a little bit of insight into how some blind people, not all blind people, but some blind people might learn to know your voice. I have, when I've told a lot of people that I do this, they have asked me to tell them what I hear their voice as. So this is kind of a special technique that I use and it's pretty cool. 
So the first thing that I notice when I listen to somebody's voice is the sweet to sour level. And these are all scales, so people can fall anywhere in between these levels or they can be extreme on either side. The sweet to sour scale is the first thing usually that I notice about a person's voice. And it's rather hard to explain how to distinguish between sweet and sourness, so I will try to find a clip of a sweeter voice and insert it into the podcast. If I don't, I hope it makes sense that a person's voice can be sweeter or it can be sourer. The next thing that I listen for and oftentimes notice about a person's voice is a little bit more clear, I hope, it is the thick or thin scale. Oftentimes, people who fall on the thicker voice side have a lot more vocal projection, but not always. And people who have thinner voices can sometimes be a little bit quieter talkers. But again, that is not always the case, at least so I have found. But that one should make a little bit more sense than the sweet to sour scale. The last thing that I listen for as well, and this should be a little bit clearer as well, but it is the smoky to clear scale. And smokiness can kind of go hand in hand with raspiness as well. But not always. Some people can have a smoky voice and still have it not be raspy. But oftentimes, people who have thin voices may also have clearer voices. Again, this is not always the case, but I have found that to be true oftentimes more than not. I have been doing this for so many years and only have recently discovered how to break down the system. And once I did, I started telling people about it a little bit and I broke some people's brains because a lot of people don't realize how important voices are to a blind or visually impaired person. When I started sharing this with people, they got extremely confused because that's not how they're used to recognizing people. They don't think so much about a person's voice because they're so much more used to recognizing faces. So I hope that this gave you a little bit more insight into how a blind person analyzes voices and hopefully inspires you if you have a blind or visually impaired friend or family member to maybe ask them what their personal system is for analyzing voices or if they even have one. That concludes this episode of Blind Spot. I would like to just briefly go over what I have talked about. So in this episode, we have talked about memorization skills, auditory learning, musical skill in terms of relative and perfect pitch, as well as listening to things at a very fast speed, and my personal way of analyzing voices. I think it's important for people to know about these things because disability is often thought of as a taboo topic, and if I can present this information in an interesting and fun way that impacts at least one person's view on blind people, then that is one more person that understands disability in a better way. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week when I go over blind people's pet peeves. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Blind Spot and come back next week. I'm Clara Johansson, helping you recognize your blind spots.